0: Hello and thank you for tuning in to this week's Daily Life Coach Podcast. I am Victor Young, the Daily Life Coach. And before we get started today, I'd just like to say a special thanks to all of my friends in South Florida. Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Miami Dale, Lighthouse Point, Homestead, that whole area. The Grove. Can't leave out the Grove. All my South Florida friends for supporting the Daily Life Coach and actually we've had quite a few individuals who are we can't call them snowbirds. I got to call them beachbirds. They they live in Miami and they go back to South America and and the Caribbean. And they've actually been bringing the podcast back home. So thank you for continuing to make the Daily Life Coach podcast an international phenomenon. We are one of America's fastest growing podcasts, and you need to find out why. Let's get started. I want to talk about this week's podcast, but before I do, let's refresh last week's podcast. Let's go back. Let's go back to episode five. Episode five of Meeting in a Box was part one of our Meeting in a Box series, and we talked about agendas and expectations and the nuts and bolts, the anatomy of pulling off a successful meeting. We talked about time limits. We talked about doing hard stops to make sure that we don't overrun our meetings and wear out individuals and discussing outcomes and follow-up, and we talked about a lot. And then episode six, we really went into the aftermath of the individuals that really tried to put all that into play, and all of a sudden, they had Armageddon. Arguments and individuals who'd never spoke up before that just really laid it on. I mean, they were just vocal. Some were negative, some were positive. Some cried. It was just uh, an, an outpouring of emotions in some meetings. And so, my email and, and LinkedIn and my messaging and at the Daily Life Coach on Facebook and at the Victor Young on Twitter and Instagram, it was on fire. I, I had individuals saying Victor. I tried it, and it was out of control. I I could barely control it all. And the great news is that's step one. That was great. That That means your people want to be there. That means your people want to do better. That means your people want to make your organization better. And they had a forum that you actually created that allowed them to be vocal, right, wrong, or indifferent. You had a chance to open up dialogue in a way that you really hadn't before within your organization. I know it could be scary when there's someone that never speaks and all of a sudden they're just pouring it on. And you're like, oh my gosh, what did I open up? Am I prepared? Was I prepared? Yeah, you survived. You're, you're still listening. That means you made it out alive. And that means you have an opportunity to make it better moving forward. So in, also in episode 6, we, we talked about what you do with that. Where do you go from there? And how do you channel all that emotion? And how to actually get one language, one voice. Find that one book. Find that one method of doing business that can pull everyone together so that you're all speaking the same language so that you're all pulling in the same direction because we all know that you can have individuals that have five different methods of doing business you hire them you put them on the same team and and they'll destroy your company because they're all pulling in different directions and it keeps it in the same place or worst case it pulls it backwards because all the infighting and the friendly fire and the individuals that are trying to prove their right we don't, we don't really have an opportunity in business to prove that we're right. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more today. But I just wanted to bring you up to speed just in case this is the first podcast you've listened to. If this is the first Daily Life Coach podcast you have actually listened to, I'm going to forgive you this time. That's it. I mean, my forgiveness is gone after this episode. You just need to subscribe through SoundCloud or subscribe at the thedailylifecoach.com. Throw the forward slash in the podcast, or you can just scroll down and find it. It just depends on if you're a scroller or a typer. It's up to you. I'm flexible on that. I'm, I'm going to give you that amount of flexibility. I'm not a control freak. Relax. So, this week we're going to try to wrap things up a bit on this whole Meeting in a Box mini series. This is episode seven. This is also season one and part three of the mini series, Meeting in a Box. I want to talk to my outside salespeople today. How do you get a meeting from the outside? Meetings and meetings and meetings. Trainings, trainings and meetings, similar. Coaching sessions and meetings, similar. It's all a form of a meeting, really. It's all kind of a meeting. Annual reviews, it's a meeting. Performance improvement plan, it's a meeting. These are all meetings. How do you get inside of an organization and get that meeting, that sit down, with the individual that you want to pitch your product to? How do you pull that off? I get called and email and text messages and direct mail and referrals and in mails and I mean there's just so many people that claw at you when you're over any type of budget you know what I'm talking about whether you're a purchasing agent whether you're a sales manager whether you're a recruiter in the army it doesn't matter if you are an individual who you, who's over some type of budget you're gonna have people trying to get to you trying to get at you as they say in South Tampa come at me bro come at me bro see what happens you're gonna have these individuals who are just coming at you for your attention and your time, and most importantly, for your wallet. So let, let's look at it from the POV. The, the POV that we're going to talk about today is that of the outside salesperson, the account manager. You're trying to get that meeting with an individual, with that banker, with that wealth manager, with that attorney, with that entrepreneur, Who it? Is, whoever it is, that CPA, that CFO, the CTO, CMO, what else? I'm acronym affluent. Just so you know, there's an acronym that exists. I know it. So you're trying to get your meeting and you don't want to give us any information. Um, I'd like to meet with you and discuss a few things that could improve the way your business does X. Okay, great. Tell me about it on the phone or why don't you send me an email? Now it only takes about 15 minutes and yeah, that's all I need. Okay, first of all, I don't believe you. You're saying 15 minutes and an hour and 15 minutes later, I'll have to have security drag you out. That's my security guys. My security guards favorite line is I will drag you. It's kind of entertaining. Anyway, no one believes the whole 15 minute shenanigans. It's not going to work. And I know there's a fear of if I tell you why I'm coming, you may not let me come, but I've got to share something with you. If you don't tell me why you want my time, I will never give you my time. And I understand, you're, I'm not going to read a 40-page PowerPoint that you want to show me in, in 15 minutes, which is never going to happen in that timeline. But I, and I know you can't send that to me because if you send me that, then I'll know you need more than 15 minutes. So how do you get in? So you've got to develop a one-sheet. A one-sheet is used in a lot of different industries, including film, television, the whole writing world. Writers use a one-sheet. The reason writers use a one sheet is because they know a producer, a director, even someone who's an agent to represent your script. They're not going to read every 150 page script that comes across their desk. They're not going to do it. Their intern's not going to read it. But if you send them a one sheet, they might say, do you have a synopsis? Send us over a synopsis. Do you have a treatment? Send us your treatment, which is a little bit longer, but not a script. And if they read that, they'll say, I'd love to hear more about your script. You've got to walk this thing up in stages. You can't pounce out of the bushes on somebody by telling them that you just need 15 minutes. Your connect ratio is going to be awful. Awful. Next, I need you to do your homework. I hate when individuals show up in a meeting. They have no idea what vendor I'm using. They've never really looked at my website. They're just going to tell me how they want to make my website better. That's that's like the one right now that everyone's calling. I like to take 15 minutes and show you how I can increase the traffic to your website. Hmm. Wow. Well, you're the only guy who knows how to do that. I've been called a million times. I've gotten that call a million times. But the thing they don't ask me is, what do you know about your website? How much time, effort, and money do you spend on it? Do you currently have someone that manages your website? What's my bounce rate? What's my time on site? What type of traffic am I looking for? Am I into retargeting? Do I work with affiliate links? They what? So I have people that come in, and they give you this 30,000-foot explanation of how they're going to make your website better, and you've heard it all before, and they've done no homework at all. And it's just a spiel. It's very disappointing, and I would not recommend you continue going down that road. Do your homework. How savvy is the individual on the other end? Is this a savvy tech person, or is this an individual that knows anything about the internet. Which one is it? Set an agenda. Tell someone that you know a little bit about their organization. Let the individual know you've done a little bit of research about them, their experience. Check them out on their social circles. Find out a little bit how they run their business. What's their management style? What's their leadership style? How long have they owned the company? There's so many things that you need to find out before you just blindly cold call someone without any information about them. Your success rate in order as far as getting a meeting is going to be so small it'll be it'll be dismal horrible minimal you've got to know something about something if you can't tell me three or four things about me that you've researched that you can tie into my business and then show me how that research and how you understand who i am and who my end user is and what i'm trying to accomplish with my business i don't believe you you're never going to get a meeting and if you do it's not going to go well for you You may not be able to to find out everything about me from doing cyber stalking on the internet. Not like you haven't done that before. Rolling up on somebody's text messages, stalking them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know who you are. So it's not like you haven't done this before. You know how to do it when something is important enough to you. But shouldn't your business be important to you? Okay, we're not going to beat this horse anymore. It's turning in the glue already. So we're going to move on. We're going to talk about something else one of the most important things to having a meeting is making sure your meeting is fun I know so many people their meetings are always depressing demoralizing deflating and and don't get me wrong I know you've got to really cover the issues I know you've got to go over statistics all this is extremely important you've got to use real information you've got to follow up on de- debrief you've got to to you know circle back around and look at you know what you've covered in previous meetings I get it I talk about this stuff all the time. Trust me, I get it. But but one thing you have to make sure you do is have fun in your meetings. How can you have fun in a meeting without turning it into a unproductive joke? How, how can you get respect, have fun, deliver a point, and benefit from it? Because it's kind of an art. You've got to work at it. It's not easy. I'm not going to tell you it's easy. But the individuals who have been able to master this art, have engaged individuals who want to attend their meetings because they're fun. And we all know that learning can be fun. Reading is fundamental, so learning can also be fun, right? I was taught that when I was in elementary school. Good old Robles Elementary on Sly Avenue. Hi, Miss Simmons. My fifth grade teacher was Miss Sheldon. Hi, Miss Sheldon. It's Victor. I'm the kid you caught. Outside in the hallways. Telling a joke to a friend of mine. and You heard it. You didn't like the joke I told. Ended up in the office. Fifth grade. I remember that. Hi, Miss Sheldon. I have a podcast now. I don't do bad jokes anymore. It's got to be fun. You have to have fun. What is fun, you ask? I'll tell you about it. I'll give you an example. I had a fixed operations director that I hired for one of my dealerships. This guy was from Jamaica. Yeah, man. And I had a concern. When I hired this guy, I knew he was good at what he did, but I knew he was going to have to grow a department, and I knew that he was coming into a department that had traditionally had troubles with having fun, relaxing, and providing the level of customer service they needed to produce. And it was a a talented group of individuals who just hadn't gelled yet. They just hadn't become that cohesive team Where they were high-fiving, chest-bumping, hitting their objectives, and enjoying what they did yet. They were talented, but they just hadn't clicked. So I bring in my friend Ramesh from Jamaica. Yeah, man. And I'm going to tell you, I was concerned. Because Ram's meetings, as we call them, Ramesh, his meetings were a little different. I like to have fun. But talking about laid-back, his meetings were laid-back. Laid-back. And don't get me wrong, he had serious meetings as well. But his meetings, you might talk about doodles, some Appleton Run, some Blue Mountain Coffee Man, you might talk about Bob Marley, Red Stripe, Usain Bolt, everything was invented in Jamaica. I mean, you might talk about anything, bauxite, island sand, but you know what, his meetings were fun. And he always found a way to tie in history and culture about his country and the process and success. And he grew a team of individuals that wanted to make people happy. They had this no problem on approach to everything. Nothing was stressful. And they became a team. And you know what? Everybody wanted to make some extra money so they go to Jamaica because they just got tired of hearing Ramesh talk about Jamaica and they just said, I got to go see this place for myself. And it was good. People would bring me back Little Appleton. I'd get some Blue Mountain coffee on occasion. It was good. It worked. Did they not respect him because he talked about his country and he talked about things that were fun? Ah, uh, no, they respected him. People love hearing about human elements of life. And as long as you don't cross the line into emotional and personal, being human is fine. Have humans in your meeting. Ask individuals about their vacation and their time off. Ask individuals about that training session they went to and have them bring in guarantees of actions, GOAs and takeaways, and and while they're on fire, fresh from that meeting they just returned from, allow them, give them the floor. Ask them about the funniest person they saw in their meeting or their training session. Who was the most uptight person you saw there? Who was the smartest person in the room? Of course, all my guys are going to say, of course, that was me. I mean, I just, I'm, you know, I'm a very, very humble man, but uh, I just happen to be the smart. That's just the people that I seem to hire. I don't, but anyway, allow them to talk about it. Discuss it. Put it on the table. Have fun. Share human experiences. Again, I know there's a line. There's human resources. If you're a little afraid and you're not sure if it's, The right stuff. Clear with human resources. They'll tell you. Keep it human. Not super-duper emotional. You don't have to have anyone walk through hot coals or do trust falls backwards and off of rooftops or anything crazy. Just good old-fashioned fun dialogue. I want you to think about this for a minute. When is the last time you had fun in a meeting, delivered a message on a timeline, received good healthy feedback, Addressed a few issues, made notes for the next meeting, went round robin and got feedback from everyone in the room, find out if there was anything else you missed or anything else that needed to be tabled. Maybe had a fun little contest or competition, gave away a gift card, a night at the Ritz Carlton, 20 bucks in cash, whatever. H- how do you make your meetings fun? Do you bring in a snack? Have someone bring a snack from their native country. Have someone bring something interesting. You bring it. When is the last time you've just had an open think tank? Just an open session, a creative session on how to improve the company, how to improve the team and the people that work together in your organization? How about this for all you outside account reps and salespeople? How about before you guys go out there like Lone Ranger, the Lone Ranger, without your Tonto, which is dangerous when you do that, just so you know. And And you go out. Seeking success with no game plan, no research, no recon. You're just out there by yourself. How about you get all your guys from your district, from your region, from your office in the same room and say, these are my top five clients. What can you guys tell me about these clients? What do you know about them from your travels on the street, Main Street, Wall Street, reputation, online? Put together a little profile. Planning. What do you know about this organization? How long has the CEO been in place? Who did he replace? Who did she replace? When did she start her business? Did she buy it as an acquisition? Or did she start it from the ground up? It matters. If you took over a company and you're the growth individual versus the individual who founded the company, two different conversations. Good dialogue can lead you to places and successes that you never thought you would experience if you trust them. But you've got to be consistent. You've got to count on the people around you because most organizations that fail or that become average already have the people within the organization that could help it succeed or help it go to the next level of attainment. They already exist within the organization. We just refuse to talk to those people or we just refuse to let them talk. Or we don't create an environment that's fun enough to get them to relax enough to share, because when you put people in hostile environments with poor communication, you kill your creativity. So for those of you who think you can just uh, so for those of you who think you can just cut past everything I've said in episode uh, five and and six, part one and part two of this mini series, meeting in a box. For those of you who really feel you can just cut right past that and say, we'll just have a creative session and just sit down in the room and talk about it. That's like some strangers on the street who, ha- who just don't know each other. You take some strangers from different countries who speak different languages and you put them in the same room and you say, we're going to have the most creative, positive, wonderful environment on the planet. But no one understands each other or very poorly. No one trusts each other. And no one understands how to communicate with the other individual. Once you have true, transparent trust and communication in a business, you're going to devour your competition. You're going to be so disruptive to the market that you're going to run right by them. You're not going to compete. You are going to disrupt. Take it and run with it. But you got to trust and believe that. Because if you really think that you can just throw everything on the table and everyone's just going to vomit up everything to you because they just have to because of your title or because you're paying them, not going to happen. If someone thinks you're going to steal their idea, you'll never hear it. If someone thinks they're going to make you successful without you sharing openly that they're a part of your team and that they appreciate your feedback and give you some credit and kudos in front of everyone, They're not going to give it to you. They're going to sit on it. So for all you individuals who really believe you don't have to communicate to be successful, okay, have at it. You may survive while there's no competition or disruptors in your market. But as soon as someone who's a great communicator and a great leader decides they want to have some meetings, put together a strong team and a battle plan, they'll eat your lunch. They'll take your gold chain like Debo on Friday. In case you don't know who Debo was, Debo was like the tiny lister. He was like the 300-pound dude with the ball head, the one crazy eye, who rode that bicycle with a squeaky chain and just rode around the neighborhood real slow looking for people with a necklace or something he could take. That's Debo. Debo will come and eat your lunch. You'll sit back and wonder, how did your competitors become disruptors and run by you? And it's because they'll build a team right under your nose. They won't have a product as good as yours. And maybe not even a service as good as yours, but their people will be better and they will outpeople You they'll outperform you and their service will become so good with their clients and their teammates that people will want to do business with them. That is why meetings are so significant. If I have 30 employees who work for me and we don't have meetings to talk about our shortcomings, Or opportunities where we failed with our clients. And I let all 30 of my employees, one at a time, make that same mistake with 30 different clients. I'm a bonehead. I'm a jackwagon. As soon as it happens, my next meeting should include that failure. And we should train to it, talk about it, engage in it. And get feedback from everyone to show their understanding that they get it and why we need to change the way we do it. If not, you will have 30 individual client failures within your company. In every company that I work with, that I'm a part of, we're all scored on our customer loyalty, our customer satisfaction, and our ability to provide a premium experience. If we fail on those fronts, we fail in every front. If a client takes the time to do business with you in this day and age on a business-to-business, person-to-person basis, you need to take care of that client because automation will replace you one day if you don't engage. If you choose not to communicate, you may not have that opportunity to have a meeting and communicate down the road. If you force someone's hand to replace you with automation and technology, it's your fault. So, meetings are for more than just open communication. Meetings provide training. Meetings provide succession. It's an environment for you to train your right hand, your assistant, your replacement, the next leader, the next coach, the next salesperson, the next technician, whatever the position may be. It's the opportunity in the forum and the environment for you to create succession, better environment. Better profitability. Lower your expenses by talking about all the things that are unnecessary. When you decrease your expenses, it allows you to reallocate those funds to other divisions, departments, bonuses, which help with retention. Meetings, obviously, increase retention. If used properly, the meeting structure that I've talked about and these three parts of meeting in a box will really give you the basis to move that next level with your people, your, your clients, your efficiency, your productivity. And this is just one approach. This is one approach to being able to have successful meetings. So for all of you individuals out there who are going, I would never do any of this. That's fine too. There's other approaches. Find one that's successful. Find one that works for you. But if you you can't include those key elements of of communication and succession and retention and training and development, if you can't include those, then you're not doing it right. And just in case you haven't been told, just because you're doing it doesn't mean you're doing it right, son. If you haven't heard that, you may hear that one day. It'll kill you and break your heart when you hear it, but it's just the truth. Being present doesn't make you effective. Doing it doesn't mean you're doing it right. Make sure you include these key elements. If you feel like you're working harder every day and you're not getting things done, it means you're not doing it right. It means you're not developing your people. It means your meetings are ineffective or it means you're not even having meetings. It means you're not even trying to grow, develop, fix, evolve your business. So it's time for us to get it right. I don't want to come to your business, and I know you don't want to come to my business, and I give you crappy service, and I act like I'm not even trying to make it any better. No one wants to hear our excuses. No one wants to be the guinea pig. It's time for us to get it right. I need you to look yourself in the mirror. Sally, Johnny, Billy, Mary, whatever your name is, look in the mirror. I do it all the time. I, I tell you, I, I mentioned this before, I look in the mirror All the time. And I know it's tough. It's tough for me to do this. i got to look past those beautiful eyes. Strong jawline. Great smile. i got to look right past all that. Every time. And see the truth. I've got to get better. That's the truth. My people have to get better. That's the truth. And I'm responsible for making them better. But I've got to know what better is. And I've got to have a nice, clear, transparent, easy game plan to make it happen. I hope you've enjoyed Meeting in a Box. And if you go back a little further and you want to catch episode one, two, three, four, five, and six before this episode seven, check it out. We've got some great podcasts out there. The Prequel to Success, Conversation with a Millennial, Make Your Week Link Stronger. Those are all great podcasts that you can find on the DailyLifeCoach.com, my website, and just go to the podcast page. Check out some of our blogs and play that are fantastic. Also, check us out on SoundCloud. Get a subscription. It's simple. It's a name, email address, and a password. You're in in less than 30 seconds. And subscribe. That way, automatically, you'll get future podcasts. But you got to subscribe in order to make it automatic. Don't chase success. Make success chase you. Automate as many things as you can in life and make it easy for you to become educated, motivated, inspired, and then share it with as many people as you can. So that way you can go home at night, get a good night's sleep, have fun, and grow your business. If you don't and you try to do it all on your own and you retain that knowledge and you don't share knowledge across the platform of executives or salespeople or operators, advisors, Whoever it is, if you retain good old-fashioned knowledge, you can't succeed as a team. It kills your velocity and your momentum. So do like my friend Ramesh. It's no problem, man. Have fun. Have great meetings. And I'll see you next time. And remember, live fearless, my friends.